0: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Welcome to the Tudor Dixon podcast. Well, coming out of the COVID pandemic lockdowns, we've seen more than ever the power of parents, particularly moms who are speaking out and standing up for their kids. We've seen every day moms and dads speak up at school board meetings, take on the powerful teachers' unions. And even run for office in order to fight for their kids to have a quality education environment, only to be demoralized and demonized by many on the left as terrorists and extremists. Well, today we're blessed to have one of those unafraid moms with us here who went directly into the lion's den to take on MSNBC's chief misinformation officer, Joy Reid. We'll get into all of that in more in a moment, but I want to talk to you first about American financing. A lot of us are struggling to keep up with our everyday bills. Everything is still really expensive. But if you own a home, I want you to call my friends at American Financing. Interest rates have dropped into the fives, the lowest they've been in a long time, and they're saving customers an average of $854 a month by tapping into their home's equity and wiping out that high interest credit card debt. $854 a month is like a $10,000 raise. Credit card interest rates are insane, and most of us are actually still carrying a balance from the holidays. So call American Financing and take care of that today. If you call today, you may not have to make February's mortgage payment. Call today, 866-890-9313. That's 866 866- 890 890-9313, AmericanFinancing.net, NMLS, 182334, NMLS, ConsumerAccess.org. APR rates in the fives they start at 6.406% for well-qualified borrowers. Call today. It's 866-890-9313 for details about credit costs and terms. Now let's welcome in Tiffany Justice to the podcast. Tiffany is the co-founder of Moms for Liberty, a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization empowering parents to defend their parental rights at all levels of government. Tiffany, thank you so much for joining
3: us. Thank you for having me on today, Tudor. It's nice to see you again. It is good to see you too.
2: And thank you for what you did with Joy Reid on MSNBC. Not many people are willing to do that. And I just want to play a few clips from there. First off, I think this is interesting because there is this real narrative out there on the left that anybody who fights against porn in schools is banning books. So listen to this exchange and then we're going to talk about it. The books
3: that are being banned. I want to give you just a second. Well, no, Joy, yeah. but I want to be clear. No uh-huh. one's banning books. We're talking about a public school library. Mm-hmm. Children don't have unfettered access to the internet at school. And the subject matter in the books that moms are concerned about are the same things that kids don't have access to on the internet.
2: People aren't banning books. I think it's funny because I'm old enough to remember when it was actually the left banning books, truly banning pieces of, of award-winning literature in schools. And now they're trying to say, oh, you're banning books. You're talking about a book that is glorifying rape, that is glorifying incest. And, and she doesn't want to talk about that, but
3: that's really what what you're saying. I don't want this in my school, right? Absolutely. And, in, and by the way, of Americans don't want uh, this type of content in our schools, in our public schools. It's so concerning, Tudor, when you look at the literacy rates across the country, right? Only a a Mm -hmm. third of kids reading on grade level in fourth grade across America. I was interviewing with Joy in New York City where only a quarter of kids are reading on grade level, 11% of Black students. And somehow she wanted to have some conversation uh, about, you know, I said, what about the fact that kids can't read the books? Right, uh, what about the fact that you're lumping together? She had an argument tutor where she was talking a little bit about um black students uh and then and and Hispanic students and then and Hispanic families and then families uh, of children who have suffered sexual assault and I said how you know how do you lump all of these people together it just it was a very interesting conversation to have with her um you know, but like most honestly Marxists that you engage with, they're not interested in a real dialogue It's really just um you know they're trying to further their their agenda and you are sitting there trying to debunk their ridiculous claims
2: oh i it's funny because they i mean we talked about the fact that they called parents terrorists she right. She accuses you of cherry picking from the book, which is so funny to me because it's like, well, wait a minute. If you can cherry pick from a book, then isn't that a problem as it is? Let, let's listen to this clip really quickly. And then I want to talk about... You
3: can do keyword searches and find certain keywords. Like rape. You can find... Key- yeah, you, yeah. or anal you, rape you can, or you can, dildo. Yeah. You um, and them. so what you find is the keywords that you find, the uh-huh. N word, anything, words like you just used, when you'll get out of context. Context passages from the book, and then based on that, Moms for Liberty members are going to places like Broward County mm-hmm. School Board meetings, reading out of pass out of context passages from these books and then demanding that the school board remove them. Members. So, so me... you have incest, rape, pedophilia. Joy, you said you'd let me answer, so sure. I'm gonna answer Please for do. you. Um, in what context is a strap-on dildo acceptable for public school? Just let I mean that's my question mm-hmm. to you. Tell me what the context around the strap-on dildo or the rape of a minor child by a teacher Hold on a second
2: these are not out of context passages i take exception to that because this is the author telling his story of having been raped as a child by a family member so this is a story of incest as a preteen that then leads this person down a path of going to become trans Which I think is, you know, for the average adult reads the story and says, wow, this really caused this this young man a lot of issues, lifelong issues that were never dealt with. And they're saying you're taking an out of context passage of a book that is glorifying rape and then glorifying the after effects of of mental illness that comes from that.
3: Yeah. And to be honest, Tudor, what we know, Dr. Quinton Van Meter, who's an endocrinologist who's worked in this space of gender ideology for some time, has been talking recently about the high instance of children that are presenting as non-binary or transgender and, and the fact that many of them have been victims of sexual assault. So you bring mm-hmm. up a really good point here. Um, you know, my point to Joy was this. if a child, She said, you know, what if a, if a parent, if a child can be seen by this book? I don't know if you're going to show that clip, but she talks about, you know, what, who are you to take away the opportunity for this child to be seen? And if you're watching the interview, you can see that I'm like shocked she says it because if a child and my answer back to her was if a child feels seen by this book, that means they've been the victim of a predator. Right. I mean, you know, and we should do a lot better, you know, in our public school system. For heaven's sakes, we're having the wrong conversation if this many kids are being sexually assaulted by adults. We're having what a luxury conversation to talk about books in libraries, right? And,
2: and, And at what point do we want a child to be dealing with that on their own, to read a book and go, oh, gosh, that happened to me. So this must be my story. And I think that something you just said is very key because there have been studies that have shown that young people who have been raped and 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 let's be honest this was a little boy who was raped by a male cousin who was an adult male. So this, we, these, this is a, a boy who was a, a raped by a male. And oftentimes there is a confusion by these young people because they don't understand, well, why did this happen to me? Am I gay? Did I enjoy this? What There's all of those questions that go through. And obviously those questions happen whether you are raped by a man or you are raped by a woman or whatever the sexual assault is. But the questions are there Not to be read in a book and be told then, okay, uh, oh, this happened to me. I'm not going to talk to an adult. I'm not going to have any type of intervention. There's not going to be a legal discussion here. We're going to, as the school, step in and guide your child toward a transition. What? What the heck?
3: Yeah. And and there are many uh, psychologists that will tell you that can be re-traumatizing. Uh, for someone who has been the victim of sexual assault to read about an assault in that manner. Mm. So, I mean, we're talking Mm. about some very serious stuff here. So my, you know, my point was this. We should be doing a lot better than throwing a book on a library shelf and hoping that a child stumbles upon something that would be life-saving, according to Ali Velshi, who spoke after um, I was on. Susan Del Percio and and Ali Velshi came in, and uh, there was like this tag team, three of them, that decided they were all going to talk about how stupid I was. And so I got to watch that, where Ali, Ali Velshi says well, you know, kids know about sex. Kids have always known about sex. My argument back there is kids know about a lot of stuff. They know about marijuana. Should we give that to them in school? I mean, honestly, we're talking about our public schools and, you know, we should be having better conversations, tutor, about what should be happening inside those schools, what books the kids should be reading, the fact that so many of the kids can't read, but we're graduating them from high school. And, you know, the reason why I went on Joy Read was to talk about these really important things. And if I have to get through this ridiculous book banning myth to get to that bigger conversation. I'm willing to do that.
2: Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast.
4: Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year
0: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Why does Joy Reid so desperately want this book in a child's library? And I ask that question because this is something, obviously, we talked about a lot in the campaign here in Michigan. If I were to go to the bus stop and read passages from this book, I would be arrested. If I can be arrested for reading a pornographic book to children at the bus stop, why should somebody be allowed to read it to my child at school? Or why should my child have access to it at the school?
3: A hundred percent. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if you'll show there's another part of the, the the episode where she asks me, like, what expertise we have. And I was like, oh, you know, that's I'm right. Yeah, expert to know that dildos aren't OK for public school. I mean, I'm just sitting there, tutor, like, are you kidding me? Like, honestly, are we actually having this conversation? Because there is no context where sex toys are okay for public school. And, and this idea and this conflict, you know, yes, of course. No one has an issue with reproductive biology. It's just like drag queens. No one had an issue with the drag queens when they were at the drag bar. It's when you come into the kindergarten classroom that we begin to have a problem, right? And so, yes conversations about reproductive biology in school moms for Liberty's all for it. Let's give kids honest information about biology. Like there are men and there are women, right? More of that should be happening. But this idea that somehow we need to be telling kids in kindergarten that maybe they were born in the wrong body is absolutely ridiculous. And, and kids don't need, you know, help getting onto sex sites or, or, or learning how to use sex toys. It's just. Well, stupid.
2: and she keeps saying to you, it, you know, the, the part about obviously that you're not an expert, but why should you get the the choice to decide for the other mom next to you that this book shouldn't be in the school? And I'm like, wh- whoa, how are we even at the point where we're having this discussion where it's like these books are, are these kids? I mean, I, I have two 10 year olds, a 12 year old and a 14 year old. So right in the age group of these, these books that would be available to these kids. And I'm like, what parent do I know that is like, yeah, well, we provide porn at home for the kids just so they can learn about it. You know, they should read in depth about the strap on dildo, the, the, you know, oral sex, anal sex, all of these things. No, absolutely not. And I'm like, I think a parent has to explain, first of all, what are they doing at their house that they would allow this? And secondly, if you're so desperate for your child to read this, I mean, there are other books that aren't in school. Go get it. There's a Barnes and Noble up the street. Amazon delivers right to your house. If you're so desperate for your kid to have this book, go get it. But no, I don't think that there's any problem with parents saying anything with pornographic material. This We're not talking about sex ed. We're not talking about learning how babies are made. We're right. talking about disgusting. Illegal sex. Illegal is the key word there. This is illegal wow. what's happening in oh, these yeah, books.
3: Yeah. But that's the point, Tudor. Like, so let's have that conversation because I think that's where we haven't really t- spoken uh, about this yet. In America, we have all agreed on age-appropriate content. I have four kids too. There are a lot of things I do with my husband that I don't do in front of my kids, right? We all know that there's a difference between adults and children. We've all collectively understood that to be. And so what we have to understand is, you know, Joy opened up the segment talking about, oh, uh, this culture war. It's not a culture war. It's a revolution. They have foisted a revolution on us. And the school is one of the battlegrounds where we need to fight because they are coming for our kids. And honestly, you know, it doesn't matter what we do in America. You can close the border. You can do a lot of things. But if they get our kids and this next generation of children and they turn them against us, nothing else matters. You can close the border, but our kids are against us. And so the truth is that there is this blurring of the boundary between adult and child. We see it all the time, right? In everything, there's this question, we're treating adults like kids and kids like adults. And and if you don't have kids, maybe you don't know how kids think, but as a mom of four, you certainly do, I do. They're not little adults. Their brains work very differently, right? They think about things differently. They reason differently. They're not even supposed to during the, in between the ages of potty training and puberty, it's called the latency period. And and there's a time where kids aren't sexual all, in any capacity, and that's important time for them to develop and we 're invading that time with all of this highly sexualized content and so I mean that 's what you know as moms, I want to talk about, right like how did adults forget that kids are not
1: adults?
2: yeah, oh, absolutely I mean we during the campaign, obviously, this was a conversation that we had quite often, and we had we had a press conference with a lot of moms in the state because our moms were seeing this. We obviously in Michigan have some far left school districts. Gretchen Whitmer is in bed with the teachers unions. She wants to make sure they can do whatever they want. And yeah. so we saw this. I mean, we were seeing this to the level of the superintendent uh, of schools. Our state superintendent is defending this stuff in the schools. We're calling on and him to resign. We're saying this is a big problem. We're at a press conference and we have one of the reporters, this young, Naive, I say naive, but I think very dangerous. Reporter who's like, I mean, can you explain what you're saying porn is? And it's almost comical because you're like, Are you kidding me? And I look at her, I'm like, Do you want me to send you some of the porn that we're seeing? And oh, that was like everything blew up. Gubernatorial candidate offers to send porn. Right. You are joking me right now that you are going to try to belittle what mom is saying about her own child what dad is saying about his own child and this was not something that we were just seeing in northern michigan or western michigan this is something we're seeing on the east side where we're seeing families of of muslim descent in muslim practices who are saying what the heck you're not bringing this into my kids life this is not this is not something that is a small issue. This is something that we're seeing across all walks of life where people are like, I get to choose this. But what, what the heck? Like, why well,
3: are we even having this conversation? Why aren't you teaching, reading, writing and math? Right. But I think what you said, you have said two things that were really important right there. First of all, you said Gretchen Whitmer gave the teachers unions carte blanche to do whatever they wanted. The teachers unions run the Democratic Party. I have yeah. come to understand that they run the Democratic Party. They are the foot soldiers of the left. They are the money makers of the left. They have a money laundering situation where they are running government money through the schools into the teachers' union back to the Democratic Party. We see it over and over and over. So, first of all, let's just get that straight, right? Um, and, and I don't believe that the majority of teachers in America align with the policies of the teachers unions. And we need to do a better job of showing those policies of the teachers unions and the elites and showing teachers how far away the teachers unions actually are from wanting to help kids in classrooms. That's the first thing. The second thing you said was the thing about the reporter that you said naive, but she's dangerous. My friend, James Lindsay, is on our advisory board for Moms for Liberty. I don't know if you know him. Um, you can follow him on Twitter, Conceptual James. But James... um. Megan Kelly made a comment and said, you know, talking about Joy Reid, and she said, this idiot thinks blah, blah, blah. And James said, oh, no, no, not an idiot, a Harvard-trained Marxist propagandist. Mm-hmm. And that is the truth. That reporter is not naive. These people are not naive. They know exactly what they are doing. They want to put us into impossible positions so they can constantly move themselves to the left, and we are done with it, right? So how do you engage with a Marxist? just like I did with Joy Reid. You go in there, you're honest, you're straightforward. I wanted people to understand what Moms for Liberty was about, but I wasn't gonna let her set the premise, especially at the beginning about this idea that we're banning books, right? Um, And so- We just need more conversations, Tudor, where we can actually go up against these people and show America who they really are, because 90% of Americans are with us. It's just when Joy says things like, don't you want every child to be seen? What kind of a monster are you, Tiffany Justice, right? What kind Mm -hmm. of a racist are you? I kept saying, Joy, we want all children to be taught African-American history. Ruby Bridges was an American hero. Oh, and by the way, parents are the best expert for their own children. And that's the truth. But, you know, during covid, I mean, you guys were locked down, uh, you know, tighter than anybody. I mean, it was really California, New York, Michigan, Illinois. Uh, you know, Gretchen Whitmer was like, I mean, cruel. I don't even know what to say about that woman. I mean, you know, just she knew better than everybody. And, you know, my question back is, what's your expertise? Right.
2: hmm. Well, I mean, that is. That is a valid point because they're out there saying you have no expertise. I mean, I think as parents, we all feel like, wait a minute, I know what's acceptable for my child. And and I can generalize and say that for the most part, anybody who is seeing something illegal, some crime happen to a kid, that's something that we want to discuss outside of that suddenly being foisted upon them at school and me not knowing. I mean, imagine my child coming home and saying, you know, is it normal that? Older cousin comes over and does this. Is this okay? Because that wasn't seen as like this horrendous experience. You know, it wasn't played up as this is not right. This is illegal. This is something that can't happen in your life. And if it does happen, I mean, being seen as something different because that would be hey, you've had a trauma. This is what happened to you. Notice in this book, this person then contacted the authorities, went through the right channels, got the help they needed. No. That's not what this book is about. So you make a very valid point. This is not how I want my child to be seen if they go through a trauma. I want them to come to me. I want to know that this happened. I don't want them to hide it. And then years later be like, you know this isn't my body anymore. I'd And we've heard, we had Chloe Cole on here a few weeks ago. And I think something that she talked about, she said she had gone through a sexual assault and that kind of contributed to wanting to get rid of her breasts, you know, it's like, I don't want anybody touching that again. Look, these, these things, when, when kids go through trauma, there are lifelong effects. The idea that a joy read is out there saying, just let them read this book and then let them go on their own and have no adult interaction with them. That's sick.
3: Yeah, I mean I know Chloe quite well. It's a tragic story. Honestly, it's heartbreaking to hear um what she went through and the decisions that she made. And you know, that's the thing Tudor. So when we look at what's happening in the public schools, there are private conversations happening between adults, teachers, guidance counselors and kids. These kids are having what really is an identity crisis, right? They they're being told they're born in the wrong body. They think somehow they're broken. They think if, you know, whatever's wrong with them, they can fix by, you know, magically changing their biological sex, which you and I know is absolutely impossible. Mm. Um, But, you know, here your child is in crisis and the school is telling them, you know, oh, this is where you're safe. You can have a chosen family. You know, the audacity of the state to think that they know better than our kids for the default position to be this parent could be dangerous. And so we have to protect every child is a ridiculous argument. That's a ridiculous thing to say. And these are government schools that we're dealing with. So there are some really serious things that are happening in these government schools. Um, there's a wedge being driven between parents and children and parents feel it. I think they just inherently, you know, you just know, right, this is too much. You're pushing too much into my life. And so the question I would have asked Joy last night or the on Friday night, if I had had the chance, was really like, what's your line, Joy? Like, what is it going to be for you that's going to be too far? that another adult is going to infringe on your parental rights, because I promise every parent has a line, you know, that's, these that's are true. Our children, right?
2: Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast.
1: This episode is made possible by PWC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PWC helps turn sustainability theory into real world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com.
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss.
2: Would you be okay with what happened in this book happening to your child and then saying, you know, wow, we welcome this transition in their life? No. I mean, that's the thing that I, I just can't understand is how you can take something that society says, this is wrong. We literally have laws against it and put it into the mind of a seven, eight, even 14 year old kid. How can you How can you ever think that that's okay? But then you see this. And and I honestly think that Democrats are not wanting to talk about this as much because it's a losing issue for them. More parents are seeking out values based education. And that goes from K-12 to college because universities are now obviously completely off the wall. And so more parents are saying, you know what? I'm realizing that my child, I invest in my child every single day, and I'm going to have to make a little bigger investment to get them into an education environment where they're not endangered, where they might actually come out and be able to function in society instead of being told they're a victim instead of being told that they are not who they think they are that they don't know their own identity. I mean this is what we're facing in our schools today is whether or not we send a child there and get the same child back. I mean yeah. I want my kid to, to learn history. I want my kid to learn math and how to read and write. I don't want my kid to come back and question everything about who they are.
3: Yeah and, and when you're dealing with a little kid who believes in Santa or the tooth fairy, is it surprising? That they would think that maybe they were born in the wrong body if that's introduced at five years old. And that's what's happening. You know, and so once you once we really talk to the American people and we say, hey, listen, we need you to understand that there are classrooms in America where five year olds are being told that just because they were born a boy with boy parts, body parts, doesn't mean that they're really a boy. That they're being told that maybe they were born in the wrong body. First of all, what an abusive thing to say to a child that their body is somehow broken or wrong. Right. Right. Often,
2: say, right. That is such a good
3: point. Yes. It's twisted. Like well, there's something wrong with you. And tutor, you know, I was talking to some moms I interviewed, four moms whose kids had kind of gone through this gender confusion. And you've got a, a teenager, you've got a couple burgeoning <laughs> I've got uh, 18, 16, 14 and 12, so I've got everybody right in the thick of it. You know, there's all kind of stuff that happens when you're a teenager in life mm. and you know, I mean, I, I've yet to meet the one, I've yet to meet the girl who's like, yay, pu- puberty, it's so incredibly right. fun, Like right? Getting my period is so fun. Um, it, it doesn't feel normal. You don't feel like you're, you know, becoming a beautiful woman. You feel like, oh my gosh, this sucks. I don't, mm. you know, no, it's not fun, right? But in this time in your kid's life where there's like a lot of stuff happening that's normal, these kids are being told that their body is broken and is wrong, and one of the things that the mom said to was that it's like this ultimate teenage rebellion, but the self loathing that happens with the child um the way that they hate themselves and they want to change who they are and and it is so and everyone around them is is you know affirming that right It makes the child so unhappy and mean, and it breaks the whole family apart, mm. and it was just heartbreaking to hear. How these schools are are having these conversations with kids or the kids are on social media and seeing this stuff, and it is literally destroying the children's lives and the families too right now, as the families fight back and so you know if anybody ever wants to find out more information, I don't know if you've ever had uh Chris Elston Billboard Chris on your show Mm-mm. um to talk about gender ideology. He's a guy from Canada, a dad, and I met him tutor, and he told me all of the members of parliament in Canada had uh voted to make it. Um, uh, consider conversion therapy if you did not affirm your child's want to oh change. Oh, my goodness. What? All of the members of parliament, it was a unanimous vote. And when I heard that a couple of years ago, I was like, well, that was my." I say it's my Kamala Harris moment. I was like, we have a very long border with Canada. That seems like an, a very important decision that's happening right to the north of us that could affect us. And, you know, sure enough, look where we are right now. We're, mm-hmm. Would you ever think that these issues would have been part of the gubernatorial campaign? that you have. No. Right.
2: I think what you you said about self-loathing is so important because I don't think people think of it that way there because we've been told this is affirming and that word, it doesn't go, it doesn't jive with self-loathing, right? But that is truly what this is. This is telling a kid at the most vulnerable point of their life, there's a reason you hate yourself and it's because you're not right. It's because right. you are you were built wrong. You are one of the unfortunate few who ended up in the wrong body and you'll never be happy and you'll probably kill yourself. I mean, that's what they're told.
3: And it's got to stop. We've got to stop it. And that was really the thing. If, if who's going to stop it? We, the government's not. We can't you know, we can't allow the government to draw the boundary. So it's going to be moms like us. Mm -hmm. It's going to have to be moms and dads that are going to redraw the boundary between school and home that are going to set the expectations for what we want happening in public schools. And, you know, Joy can say whatever she wants uh, that night. But the truth of the matter is the majority of Americans that watch that exchange are with us. They Mm. do not think that this subject matter is appropriate for public school. They want kids to learn to read, write and do math uh, when they're at school. And currently that's not happening. And so we're just going to keep working to build Moms for Liberty. you know, more chapters. We need more people to start chapters. So if you're listening to this, if I could tutor, just give the website. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Please do.
3: Thank you. It's momsforliberty.org. Um, go to the website and click and see if you have a chapter in your your county. We're set up by chapter, uh, county chapters. Um, and if we don't have one click to start one and be this brave person that stands with a torch of Liberty and says, join us. There's a difference between adults and kids and we need to protect the future of children. Um, And then, you know, I mean, you've run for governor. You know now the real threat this country is under. I think Americans are waking up to that more and more every day. We are in real danger of losing our country. Um, Another Biden uh, presidency, to me, looks like the destruction of all of the. If you thought that our institutions were captured now, just wait. Um, Because I think a lot of things will be changed. And so... um, We just have to fight. We're the the generation that knows that it doesn't have to be like this and we need to fight for a better future.
2: I think we see that on so many levels with the country. When you talk about losing the country, we see it on so many levels. But when you're talking about our kids, we know they go after kids first. We know that they want to turn kids against parents. We've seen this historically. I mean, that's the that's the beauty of actually learning history. You you understand how it works, how they go in and they manipulate the most vulnerable and those turn against the parents. And it's just a, a full disaster. And so we appreciate the fact that you are out there fighting every single day and even in the face of all these insults and the the horrible things that the leftists are saying about Moms for Liberty that you stand strong. Tiffany Justice, thank you for doing this. Thanks for coming on today.
3: Thank you. Thank you for supporting all of our moms across the country, Tudor. They're some of the bravest women I know.
2: Absolutely. And thank you all for joining us on the Tudor Dixon podcast. For this episode and others, go to TudorDixonPodcast.com. You can subscribe right there or head over to the iHeartRadio app, Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcast and join us next time on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Have a blessed day.
4: Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else. We've ever lived moving to
2: Minnesota
0: opened up a lot of doors for us.
3: Just this overall sense of community and of the
1: values that, you know, Minnesotans have.
2: It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids.
1: See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four, best state to live and work.
2: Now You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4 tutor.
0: More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael